Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Apollo Audio Podcast. Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast. We are talking about the 500 best albums of all time, as listed by Rolling Stone magazine, in collaboration with my amazing co-hosts, Miles Mitchell and Billy Hills, my partners in something. I thought it was usually first. Partners in crime. Miles got first this week. Partners in partners in. Yeah, I tried. I tried to alternate it. I've not even mentioned myself and me, Martin Lumsden. <laughs> Hi, Martin. Partners in crime. I said partners in rhyme. A little, you know. Nah, that's see. I was nice looking bell. for a good a, a good gag, and I couldn't get one. You got one. Come to me for the good gags. <laughs> I know you've always got the best jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you've always got the best lanes. Partners in rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are even deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, two albums again this week, as as always. Uh, but we, hey, we got we got listener feedback, guys. Ooh. This is a, this is a first. We're, we're, we were eleven episodes in, and finally someone <laughs> went. Listened. Someone's <laughs> taking on the giant. Somebody, somebody someone's tri- taking on the giant. I think people are listening, but they may not, they may not have the courage to uh, to get in touch. Uh, so it's great to hear from Colleen M. Hello, Colleen. Uh, if you're listening again, I hope you are. Maybe it was just one, <laughs> one, just that one time. That was enough. I listened. I'm never listening again. Uh, but Colleen listened to our last episode where we covered uh, Dusty Springfield and the Zombies, which I still think sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great pitch for a Netflix series. Yeah. Dusty Springfield and the Zombies. <laughs> yeah, drop me forward. Uh, Colleen uh, got in touch about Dusty in Memphis because you know I think we were sort of. Damning. Shall we say? Yeah. Well, I don't know if we were damning. We were more sort of ambivalent, weren't we, really? Yes. Were we damning? Uh, I don't know. That, that feels harsh. I don't I know. Think we, we summed it up by calling it fine. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. It was fine. We started there. Uh, but Colleen said Dusty in Memphis is an absolute masterpiece. Producers Wexler and Marden, who worked on some of the best of all time, count it as one of their top achievements every time they're interviewed. Dusty's voice, in combination with the arrangements and studio players in the Memphis Mafia, knocked it out the park. You know, and that's the that's that, that, but that is the crit, that's yeah. the critical response yeah. as well, isn't it? That, that is why it's on the that's why it's on the list because that's generally what people say. Mm. Uh, I'd gone back to Colleen and said, yeah, it's it's interesting that you know the reaction that especially you guys had that feels like that affected it when it came out because like people didn't really care yeah. about it when it came out. It's only afterwards. Uh, and Colleen went on to say, I guess it's just one of those things that strikes such deep emotion with some and none with others. It's like a specific tone or an ache that can't be heard by the ear of some. I think that was the riddle of Dusty. Uh, what genre did she actually fit in? That was the burden of a voice that covered it all and never settled into a home where lines are conveniently drawn. Well, that was that beautiful. That was a really nice... That was pretty, uh, pretty, that was pretty well, well written. Well. Get, get her on I'll the podcast. Do you want to take our job? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, really nicely said. And I, and I think, yeah, that seems to be the, the case. It was kind of yeah. it was passed by a lot of the time, but as time goes has gone by, it's been... Uh, highly rated but yeah it feels like it's easy to dismiss perhaps yeah i mean we, i think we said didn't you? these are these are people at the top of their game and mm. yet something about it didn't quite connect yeah um, i suppose it, yeah and a more generic point being it's the beauty of music being subjective some mm. people like something some people like others but she sums it up nicely when she said a, a specific tone of uh dusty that 
cuts through some people's ears and, mm. and doesn't others. And yeah. I think it didn't cut through ours, but no. it cut through what was her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks Colleen. a lot, Colleen. It's really Colleen, great to hear from Colleen. you. And do, do keep listening. And if anyone else is listening and wants to feedback, please do, because, you know, we're delighted to hear from you, to hear what you think of our um, ramblings and the albums that we talk about, mm. uh, probably more, more um, appropriately. Right, this week's albums were Rage Against the Machine and their yeah. album, which was conveniently titled Rage Against the Machine. And that's great. a cop-out again. I can't, can't deal with the self-titled bat, uh, album names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, mar- a mark against. <laughs> and uh, Grateful Dead, which was uh, Working Man's Dead. I'd always thought they were called The Grateful Dead. So it turns out yeah. there is no the oh, it's in just Grateful Dead. Dead. It is Grateful the... Dead is the, name, is the official name of the band, not The Grateful Dead. Like the Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we go in our um, standard as per countdown highest number first yeah. order yeah. in which case uh, our first album this week is from 14th of June 1970 and it is Working Man's Dead by Grateful Dead Snowfest. at number 409 um, on, the, on the list uh, Rolling Stone magazine said we weren't feeling like an experimental music group but we were feeling more like a good old band uh, that was Jerry Garcia uh, they stripped down for Working Man's Dead with eight spooky blues and country songs that rival the best of Bob Dylan. Garcia and Robert Hunter proved themselves one of rock's sharpest songwriting teams. This was their fourth studio album. Uh, this and its follow-up, American Beauty, which is also on the Rolling Stone 500 list, uh, were recorded back-to-back using similar styles, eschewing, which is a great word. Oh, it's lovely. Eschewing the psychedelic experimentation of previous albums. Uh, produced by Bob Matthews, Betty Cantor, and The Grateful Dead. Uh, readers of Rolling Stone voted Working Man's Dead the best album of 1970. <laughs> sounds, sounds like building a shed in the back. <laughs> um, the best album of 1970. Um, it was previously placed at 262 and 264 in previous Rolling Stone lists and is now number 409. Do you want some June 1970 facts? Please. Yeah. When it came out, a little bit of context. June the 3rd, Ray Davies of the Kinks travelled uh, a round trip from New York to London just to change one word. The hit single Lola needed to be changed because of BBC commercial references bands. You know the song Lola? Yeah. The reference in the original track was Coca-Cola, but he had to change it to Cherry Cola because of uh, the BBC's regulations on uh, advertising products. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think the official version says Coca-Cola, but the, uh, just to do the that. single release version, yeah, he, fly, he flew from New York to London just to change that one word. <laughs> <laughs> only them uh, soon. Yeah, if only, if only. Yeah, no, why don't he just record it on his phone and mm. send it? <laughs> wrong with his people? Uh, June the 13th, the Beatles' Let It Be album went to number one and stayed there for four weeks. Uh, interesting, because we were talking about that last week as well. Mm. It was at, it, it, this time last week we were recording it, this time this week it's been released and went to number one. Led <laughs> Zeppelin began their last European tour in 1970. They never toured Europe after 1970. Unless that tour went on for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but this is when they began their last European tour. I was surprised Does the UK by that. count as Europe? Uh, no. Not anymore, apparently. No, but, no. Yeah, I think in 19... Oh, maybe, maybe that was before. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, on June the 21st, the World Cup final was played at the Estadio Azteca, Mexico City. Uh, Brazil and Pele become the first team and player to win the World Cup three times, beating Italy 4-1 in front of a crowd of 107,000 people. The number one album was Led Zeppelin 3. See, that's another one about Led Zeppelin. This is 1970 and this is their third album. Mm. I thought they were a sort of mid to late 70s band. Yeah, same, yeah. 
their third album already in 1970. Uh, the number one single in the UK was In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You know that? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's in the office, isn't it? Mungo Jerry. <laughs> and the uh, number one movie, uh, it's very hard to find number one movies uh, in the UK in particular, but the number one movie uh, in the US was The Cheyenne Social Club, a movie I have to know, I've never heard of in my yeah, life. No, that was the number one movie in June 1970, apparently. There you go. Uh, that is all my facts about 1970. Uh, so yeah, we're only sort of a year or two onward from where we were last week with yeah. Dusty Springfield and the zombies. Can't but, wait to get yeah. out of this era, if I'm honest. Who wants to begin with Grateful Dead? I'll just go with Martin. Martin never goes first. Yeah, Martin, yeah, you go going. first, yeah. Because you're so influenced by all yeah. this. Stuff, <laughs> yeah. well, that's right, I always, just, I always just bounce back, don't yeah. I? It's just like, yeah, you're all wrong. Uh, I was, I'm going to use Billy's phrase on this, I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, <laughs> I won't use that for this one. <laughs> I don't know what I thought. I mean, this is like their fourth album, and I think they said they moved on from the sort of psychedelia. And I suppose that's what I thought the Grateful Dead would be was a sort of rock psychedelic, yeah, exactly uh, what I thought. band. So when this started playing, I was like, "Oh, have I got the right?" I, band? I had to check it was the right one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, initial impression on the first track was, "Well, this is quite nice, a bit shambolic, but quite nice." <laughs> Uh, reminding me a bit of uh, Simon Garfunkel yeah. birds, which I suppose that sort of 1970 Laurel Canyon era <laughs> makes sense, except for the fact. I mean, if it hadn't been the fact that it was a Grateful Dead album, if it had been like Neil Young or something, or the birds or something like that, I would have thought, yeah, this is exactly what I expected. But because it was Grateful Dead, it wasn't what I expected at all. Maybe because of that, I found myself enjoying it quite a lot, whether it's because it was a surprise. I think actually it's good as well. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this is quite cool. And I have gone back and listened to it because I thought, I, I really want to kind of revisit that and see what I really think about it. It's interesting. We've talked a lot about well-recorded and well-produced albums. And I'm not saying this isn't well-recorded and well-produced, but it doesn't have that sort of, it doesn't, it feels like it was done quicker or mixed. Or, I yeah. don't know. There's, there's something about it that's a little bit more sort of, Rough around not, the edges. Not, yeah, rough around the edges. I was going to say not live. I don't mean that. But yeah, a little yeah. bit rough around the edges. It is a, a bit little more bit yeah, Like yeah, yeah. kind of, oh, that's quite cool. And it's not, it, yeah. it feels like not, no one's been, and I'm not, I'm not damning this with, I don't mean to damn this with faint praise at all. It doesn't feel like anyone was too bothered about anything being exactly in time no. or really together. It was just like, no, these are good songs and we're all playing them. It wasn't overly cool. polished, was it? No. Yeah, that's a better way. That's, thank you. That's a very good way of putting it. It didn't feel overly polished. And I like that yeah. about it as well. Um, like I say, really, just not what I expected. And it really kind of made me think, God, I feel like I've really missed something here. I've, ne I've never heard anything. I can't, nothing that I've ever heard. Of. I may, if somebody played me, you know, this is the Grateful Dead's most famous track. Yeah. And they played it, I might go, oh yeah, I have heard that. But I have no real knowledge of the Grateful the great, sorry, Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think like I said to borrow a phrase from you, Billy. Pleasantly surprised. I was like, gosh, this, pleasantly... is, this is this is not what I expected at all. And I was <laughs> a terrible pun. Mm. Grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, that is awful. <laughs> Sounds like you were unpleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm surprised that you were pleasantly surprised. To be honest, I just, I think me and Miles had chat about this earlier. It's a bit again, a bit middle of the roady for me. It seems I don't know. It seems to be something of that sort of like era, that sort of time where. I know a bit bluesy, a bit country fied. Just doesn't really do yeah. much for me. Um, good, like good songs. Like nothing wrong with it. It's not. They're not bad songs at all. Good melodies, amazing harmonies. 
like good musicianship, but yeah. it just doesn't strike anything for me really. Yeah. And again, I had the expectation. I thought they were this band that were they're known to have their concerts where everyone was just on mushrooms and LSD, and I yeah. thought they'd be proper like trippy, like I don't know, maybe like a prog band or something like that. And, yeah. and then you got this eight track acoustic album, which is a bit left field. And I know I think I was sort of hoping stuff like that. I wanted to hear something and then to get mm. this sort of like countryish album. Um, yeah, it doesn't really do yeah. anything for me. I mean, I, I'm not wanting to backtrack here. I'm not saying I was blown away by yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, 409 feels like a pretty good position <laughs> yeah. uh, for this album in terms of like, it's not awesome. Like, you know, is this an amazing album? No. No. But as an experience, I was, I was, like I say, it was kind of, oh, I'm quite glad I get the chance to listen to this. Even if it's because I didn't hate it, you know, it was kind of, this could have been horrible. Yeah. Or you know, we've had albums that were a toil to get through. Yeah. This wasn't a toil to get through at all. It, it didn't like, me on the second listen, if I'm honest. Mm. Uh, the sort of like melodies, just, don't know, wasn't for me. Yeah. What do you reckon, Miles? Halfway through, I would have been grateful to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's been, he's been yes. waiting to say that since last Tuesday. <laughs> since last Tuesday. <laughs> to be fair, and I, and, I, and I don't actually feel like that in terms of, I, but I am probably I'm slightly siding in Bill's camp. Yeah, um, not what I expected. It just, some of these I can't remember who else it was, but another band we did. It's just it's it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes a misconception you have of bands and mm. artists. And I got these guys completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. I thought exactly like that psychedelic, or maybe then I like a Google picture of them. They looked kind of like drugs, yeah, fueled, maybe even rocky and quite heavy, like mm. long hair and stuff. Yeah, and then it was like you know, like yeah, the Eagles like, or think, something. It was, yeah. like, it was like it was like harmonies. Which there was one song which I was like, oh, they're it's like stripped back Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like country bluesy, folky sort of music. It's not what I expected. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, more like the sort of Cosby, Stills and yes. Nash sort of thing rather yeah. than the, yeah, the same. What I think what I expected was it was going to be something more like Hot Wind. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, they're, kind of they're, 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 to, they're to just bring up the comparison, but I think it is fairly good comparison with 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 that overfilling of that Dusty Springfield album, which mm. was just mm. middle of the road, like you mm. said, Bill. And I agree with exactly what you said, Martin, about the... Um, production feel of it it almost felt live mm, yeah. at one point it felt like one song went into the other and it felt like it was just a live album which like you confirmed it wasn't but maybe that was the intention that it was a bit rough around the edges and that's quite cool i didn't take a note of this but i'm sure i read somewhere that they had sort of said like we basically just wanted to get in do it and get out again fine because we'd spent loads of money and loads of time on making previous records and mm. this one was just let's just go and do it and this is the soft this is the softer sort of stuff isn't it it's in the 60s they did they did like more psychedelic I still don't know sort of and this rock. is it I'm kind of I mean they've said that that we've moved away from our sort of psychedelic rock thing I'm, I'm guessing they went back there mm. but I still I still don't know this is mm. it's still the only Grateful Dead and, album I've ever and the other one to. in the 500 is the is the one that's back to back one of this one the one that they made just after this one yeah which is probably in the same sort of vein right Bluesy, yeah, country, it's very, yeah, very similar, yeah. Soft rock, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is that the pop music of the time? Is that like the? I don't one? think. No, I don't. These, these, are, of... these are not big hit singles or big hit, hit albums necessarily. Yeah. I don't think so. Look, looking at, you know, we'll we'll come to Rage Against the Machine. It's a three million seller. Mm. This one doesn't even tell me how many it sold. No, because the um, ones we've listed from the sixties, like early, do seem to be a bit like drag on a little bit, don't they? They seem to be of that sort of nature. Yeah, which yeah. maybe have been that. 
Maybe yeah. that's what people like back then. <laughs> I don't know. Potentially, but I suppose where was where was rock at at that moment? In te- well, was they said you said uh, Led Zeppelin had stopped touring apparently in, in Europe. No, but- they they did their last tour of Europe. They started their last tour of Europe this year, which may mean many things, like they only toured the states after that, or they didn't tour at all after that. Or I suppose Beatles were topping the charts this mm. time, weren't they? So well, they're there in their last album, just released sort of phase. So um, yeah, Let It Be has just been released. <laughs> Again, going back to the Rolling Stone magazine being a US magazine, Grateful Dead being a US band. I think Grateful Dead are big in America, yeah. less so here. I don't People know are going to know Grateful, Grateful Dead, Dead fans, in really. the UK, but nothing like the kind of uh, following that they've got in, in the US, I yeah. don't think. I'm, I'm, I bet if you ask the Eagles, I bet they were a... Uh... Uh, influence for them yeah it was definitely there was definitely it feels like they were maybe more influenced by what was going on in terms of what they did at this point it's like say fourth album in yeah other stuff that's going on at that time you know Johnny Mitchell yeah Crosby Stills Nash but it's all that sort of Laurel Canyon folk yes style long, long drive thing in here like um, influenced by uh, Dylan as well on this as well so it's that very much that sort of folky singer songwriter 66 long journey songwriter singer songwriter stuff country road that's yeah. going on at that period so it feels like not going to say that they were it sounds a bit like bandwagon drum, uh, jumping not that they were necessarily going oh people like that let's do that but more that they were a bit sort of influenced by that style it's definitely 1970 America what was, pop, what was popular yeah. then yeah and Americana yeah very popular now across you know mm. it's, it's sort of come back a little bit into fashion doesn't that sort of oh we do Americana I've uh, just never UK got, country I've never got the stuff. whole country Thing just does nothing. It's massive, yeah. massive now. It's massive in the states now. There must be people like me who will think the Grateful Dead is something completely different to this. Mm. And you go, no. Have you actually listened to any Grateful Dead? Go, no. <laughs> well, you should check it out because mm. what you think it is might not be what you think. I think it we is. all had that reaction, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We've all heard of them, but never actually like listened <laughs> I, to them. Yeah. I genuinely had to check that that I hadn't clicked the wrong album. I was yeah. just expecting something completely different. Yeah, I'm a definite sucker for harmonies, and I think that was. Oh no, that's one thing I noticed. That was yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice melodies, but just middle of the road. Middle but of I the... find them country melodies are a bit like same. You've heard them before. Mm. Yeah, them sort of tones. But like... there is this big resurgence, isn't there? Well, well country music's never gone anywhere, but mm. it's stepping into uh, commercially in America. It's massive now. Mm. So like coming, you know, it's being seen as pop music. I don't mind like uh, was it bluegrass. Like Hootie and the Blowfish sort of sound. And that's a little bit country. Oh God, I hate that band. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're decent. No, they've never done anything for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. To the vote. Yeah. Go on, Martin, you kick off as you first. Do you know what? I, I, I'm going to... <laughs> I was thinking about this. So you're you're going to go, what? <laughs> it's got to be one of two things, right? It's either got to be two, okay, if you mm. like this sort of thing, or it's got to be... It's got to be, <laughs> no, it's got, or it's got to be a three worth a listen. I think I'm going towards a three because I feel. Yeah. I said my my feeling is, if you don't know Grateful Dead, or if you think you know Grateful Dead but you've never listened to Grateful Dead, give this a listen because I think you might be surprised. Not necessarily saying that you'll love it, but you might go, "Oh, is that the Grateful Dead? This is all right." Because yeah. <laughs> I was massively put off mm. by what I thought the Grateful Dead was. Do you not like the psychedelic sort of stuff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. I'm interested. Now I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not into. I'm not very interested in American heavy rock, especially not American heavy rock of the late sixties. I mean, or UK heavy rock of the late sixties. You know, mm. things like Cream and 
uh, all that kind of stuff. I'm mm. sort of turned off by that. Mm. And, and we'll get to this as well when we get to Led Zeppelin. Mm. I've listened to barely any Led Zeppelin in my life. Yeah, same. It just doesn't really, not really something I've sought out or thought that I should, not that I don't know, but I've never really sought it out because it's just not been my thing. Mm. So I wasn't, like, so I wasn't kind of thinking, oh, great, looking forward to getting some American late 60s heavy rock. <laughs> <laughs> but to get some sort of early 70s uh acoustic tinged americana yeah i'm interested to hear the uh stuff before now mm. to see because then it might be really interesting to see how yeah different they went i'm also interested to hear the next album because they did it back to back with this one but it's massively higher up the list than this one is That's interesting so in theory then at least subjectively it's better so that'll be interesting if we ever yeah. get around to the ne- whenever we get around to the next one uh, to go, oh yeah, so it's in the same vein, but they've upped their game massively. Yeah, and that might be intriguing to go. Yeah, I kind of last one was wasn't really into it, but this one, uh, do you know what? Woo. I'm gonna go for a two because I'm saving my one, and who knows, there might even be a zero in there. Yeah. But I'm saving, <laughs> yeah. I'm saving for one which I really dislike. It's hard yeah. to dislike this. No, it's, it's not, just, it's just it's, nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't do anything. So I'm mm. gonna go two, which gives a five, and then yeah, you two. Go, Seven, that's, that's mm, fighting seven. for the bottom, I reckon. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, feels probably fair enough. We're, at, we're, we're towards the bottom of the list. We need to get up, we need to get our board up. Yeah. Because at the end of the yeah. five-year process of, of this podcast... <laughs> take over the room. Uh, I, we, I think we then post off. Top, that would be... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Where, where are we at? Absolutely Come right. back in five years and see it. <laughs> absolutely right. And do, and do we remark based on what else we've heard as yeah. well? Oh, yes. oh, I thought that was good, but now I've heard that. Mm. Nah. Good point. That was the Grateful Dead, not the Grateful Dead. That was Grateful Dead and Working Man's Dead, number 409 on the list and near the bottom of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Album number two on the Apollo Audio podcast this week Ooh. with Billy, Miles and Martin. I need to do that to keep Billy happy. Thank you. <laughs> Get mentioned. <laughs> um, was Rage Against the Machine and they're annoyingly for Billy's self-titled <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. Come on, work a bit harder, yeah. guys. Think of a proper title. It's quite common for debut albums to be mm. called. I mean, all um, their song titles are really good as well. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine was issued on 3rd of November 1992. Uh, Zach De La Roca said, I believe in this band's ability to bridge the gap between entertainment and activism. Uh, Zach De La Roca's radical Doing politics that. found sympathetic <laughs> muscle in Tom Morello's howling one guitar army making a furore. It's all good words in this yeah. week. It is a one. Did he is say furore or furore? I've heard both be used. Mm. Is it the, is it, did he just say one tone guitar? No, one guitar army. Oh, it sounded like a one-tone album of guitar, but we'll come on to that. No, he said, and Tom Morello's Howling One Guitar Army, he said. Oh. So uh, making a furor unheard since the MC5 and Clash. Not the Clash? Okay. Mm. Uh, killing in the Name took on historical racism within US policing, a message that remains sadly prescient, and songs like Bomb Track and Wake Up were funky fusillades that proved rap rock could change minds as well as Royal Arena mosh pits. Uh, this was their debut album. Uh, the cover is a famous photograph of the self-immolation of Thich Quang Duc. I hope I pronounced that right. A Vietnamese <laughs> Buddhist monk in Saigon in 1963, uh, protesting the administration for oppressing the Buddhist religion. 
produced by, now I believe this is actually pronounced G-G-Garth, not G-G-Garth, mm. <laughs> uh, who also did engineering for the likes of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nickelback, Motley Crue, and has produced Biffy Clyro, um, Mudvayne, Sheehad, and Kensington. Nice. They did a sound city as well, didn't they? Oh, they did. Um, <laughs> uh, the statement, no samples, keyboards or synthesizers used in the making of this record can be found at the end of the sleeve notes with similar statements made on all the band's subsequent albums. Um, it peaked at number 17 in the UK album chart, has sold more than 3 million copies in the US and has been placed on the Rolling Stone list at 368, 365 and is currently number 221. The number one album, November 1992, was Keep the Faith by Bon Jovi. And the number one single was End of the Road by Boys to Men. Tune. There's a juxtaposition for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, November 1992, facts. Democrat Bill Clinton elected President of the United States. Uh, I Will Always Love You it was released by Whitney Houston. Uh, Nigel Mansell crashed. In the final uh, Grand Prix of the season in Australia, but won his first Formula One World Drivers' Championship. And on November the 12th, British comedy Absolutely Fabulous first appeared on the BBC. Good facts as always, Martin. Thanks, Wikipedia. (laughs) That's not Wikipedia, actually. I've thrown my papers on the floor. That's how much I care. Rage Against the Machine and Rage Against the Machine. Go on, Billy. You're chomping at the bit. Literally one of my favorite albums ever. Wow. It's probably my top oh, yeah. 10. I've been listening to it so much. Do love it. We've got a picture of the studio. Yeah, yeah. We? Um, I think there's not a single filler on the album. Just riff after riff after riff. All four musicians are just top of their game. Yeah. I think especially the bass player. It's ridiculous. Um, and I think rap rock can be a bit cringe. I know you've had that thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s with new metal, which is very divided, which has made like rap metal the most popular genre at the time I think at the time was I can't was there anything like this it's not the same but it is in the same ballpark for me as uh, Chili Peppers yeah I was going to say Chili Peppers that sort of like that was a heavier aren't they yeah um, but just non-stop bangers and riffs if, you, like, if you're a guitar guitarist you're going to love this album because Tom Morello yeah I definitely thought this is a riff album yeah, yeah. it's only, only thing that annoys me with Tom Morello is when he does that thing where he just makes like whammy sounds with these he gets his um, guitar lead and just puts it against his hand makes oh, whammy yeah. sounds <laughs> and he does that in like every other song but um, <laughs> I just love it and I think he's got so many singles on there so many famous <laughs> like rock tracks that go down in history is like the best ones mm. I, was, I was trying to think it's like what is actually my favourite song on this album and I couldn't actually mm. tell you it goes to different. I think No Your Enemy is up there. I think I've gone to the. Um... It's a good sign for an album, isn't it? Yeah. Try to pick it's... a favorite track. Yeah. Not 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 because there aren't any, because there's too many. But uh, even like this this the slap bass in there was it? What's the third track called? Um, ding, ding, da, 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 da. That one. I think it's probably one of my favorite riffs ever. Yeah. Just yeah. Cool. Loved it. So for some reason I was thinking about the timings of these partly because they're sort of 30 years apart and also because it's 30 years mm. since it came out yeah so those two those two mm. albums which seemed sort of I don't know coincidental synchronicities or something like that but yeah like you said before you were born and you're saying it's one of your favorite albums mm. of all time I mm. think and part of me wants to go is that a bit weird that one of your favorite albums of all I time was before you were born but I've got the same thing with mm. like something like the Abbey Road by the Beatles, yeah, for yeah. example. That's before I was born, but that's mm. one of my favourite albums of all time. So it's not, yeah. you know... <laughs> the, all three of their albums will definitely Unusual. be in my like, favourite list. Yeah. They're just one of my favourite bands. I'm seeing them this year. 
for the first time. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, they just tickle the box me. Even like, it's hard to have like a, a hook when you're like, especially rapping as well, it's like, Sing along to, but they do in their songs as well. They are catchy in the choruses, yeah. And the music, the music is catchy as the hook as well, yeah. It's on the riffs, um, yeah, really, really good. Love it. Do we agree? Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know Raging at the Machine for the hits, but this I suppose was the first time I listened to the whole album, back to sorry, front to back and and. Thanks for listening. Just rewind. Back to <laughs> Start to finish. <laughs> and finish. Like, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, okay, I. Fuck our mothers. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I always. I mean, I, like you know, "Killing in the Name of" it's an unbelievable song, and the heavy sort of. The, I know what you mean about the sort of rap and the heaviness, almost a bit funky, like the Chili Peppers. Um, my overall feeling was that it was really good. Um, and actually tonally it was, again, we've brought this up before on this pod, but tonally it was the same throughout. I felt mm. right. I even thought there was one part where the guitar was almost like identical tone. Mm, That's yeah. what I said. Like identical tone. And, but the way the riffs sit with the drums yeah. is, I felt quite unique. The only, I think chili peppers is the only comparison I can mm. make to that. Um, I don't know if it's a criticism by saying it or it, it's quite samey, but because we've we've applauded that for other mm. albums, so I don't know. What, you know, we're back to that same question: What do you want from an album? Do you want a bit of sort of a bit yeah. of everything, or do you want something that's the same? If you do we, play you know, his riffs, he does seem to like. He puts it in drop D and he sits around three and five. Yeah. He's found the magic formula. Everything sounds good around there, and what and he does that on most of the tunes, and he? a lot of the the songs of that album are around that. I think she puts it in E flat as well. Yeah. But, yeah. So they are quite similar riffs, but it just works. But it's unique as well. Yeah. Like we yeah. said, uh, other than Chili Peppers, is can I mean you guys are into rock more I think someone's they, they, what came after New Metal like five six years later copied them, but I don't know what was before. I'm that with time. Billy. What you really take the hat off of is that like the hooks and the choruses were strong, mm. really really strong. Um, yeah, I suppose I don't. I wouldn't even don't know if it's a criticism. Just say it. It it, it was. All similar. It had yeah. the same tone throughout, but you know, I, mean, I, I got, I picked up, the, I picked up the same thing, and I, I, I think you're right. It's just trying to express that. I think we've had albums that we've covered so far on this list that felt very samey yeah. to to tedium. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically, yeah. it's kind of yeah. can't really tell the difference between one song and another. Yes. I didn't feel the same no. way about it. I had the same sort of, oh, this is more of the same. Yes, but, but not from a kind of, oh God, just do something different. Very point good of view, point. But more like, well, this is more of the same. But as Billy said, it's more of the same, but it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think they could have made it different as well. But the fact is, like, I don't think there's any double tracking. Like I said, I'm pretty sure they recorded it live. Mm. I don't think they've done, like, when the guitar drops out for a solo, there's no guitar coming back in to cover that. Yeah. It's just bass and drums. Yeah. And if they wanted to add the keyboard to make it sound like that. If you see them live, it sounds like the album. See, like, how heavy they sound with just a single guitar and a single bass. Wow, that vocals. is impressive. Yeah, the, when I kept picturing, I kept kept pushing an amazing LA studio and the guitar next to the amp and he records one song mm. and then he goes yeah. in and has the thing and he's like, all right, next song and he doesn't touch anything else and yeah. just goes again. Yeah. Mm. And it may, you know, obviously more, mm. it sounds like he's got his go-to formula mm. with drop DJ yeah. or it plays with his tuning and whatever. Um, but then, you know, I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate and actually, because it's so unique, we're scratching our heads, we're making a, 
a bit of a link with chili yeah. peppers but then it's like so if they found a formula like stay yeah. with it you I know think it's so original I don't think anyone sounds like exactly that. so a full album very, I mean, like yeah. you don't get a start a rage against the machine song and go oh is this the chili pepper yeah, 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 that's, yeah, not, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not and, and vice versa yeah. as well I think you, I think they're very distinctive yeah. I was just sort of thinking yeah there's a, there's a bit of a vibe that's similar yeah but not that they're like one sounds like a rip off of the yeah. other or, or or anything like well, that at all. Who came off? You were saying there's loads of bands who have tried tried the whole rap. What the rap rock thing? Like you got like Limp Bizkit oh, and stuff course. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try, but no, don't sound anything like that. And would all of them just say Rage Against the Machine yeah, probably, are, are, yeah. the, are the kings? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's something about that the sort of ly- lyrical intensity as well. You know what how what they're talking about, what they're presenting. Yeah, um, that seems unique. I don't think anyone else has managed to capture that with the same intensity of delivery. And has yeah. it ever made you change your mind? No, heard something. What like in a song that has made you like change like politically and stuff like that? I, I get what they're trying to do in that, but I, I mean, particularly with killing in the killing name, in the that, name that it's stuck you... around for thirty yeah. years and I still, and yeah. you can still use that to get a point across. Yeah, fuck. Um, well, Chris number one, wasn't it? Well. Christmas number one, oh, yeah, yeah, the old anti sort of strange, strange thing. Yeah, it was. What, what's the? What's it was almost like. What's the opposite of X Factor? Which kind of get it. But yeah, even even the what's the first, what's the first line? I'm going to misquote it now, isn't it? The the uh, some of those some that of those run forces, forces are the same that burn crosses. Mm. It's that's that's the political argument of mm. Black Lives Matter and mm. everything in the last. Um, so you know, thirty years, nothing's really. Partly, I suppose I'm agreeing with you in that nothing's really changed, mm. but that also is a bit of a call to arms to kind of go, well, there's there's a there's a very clear message in yeah. a four-minute um, pop rock song mm. that does have a very political message. And is there anything else like that? Current? Does any is anyone saying anything about anything mm. in sort of pop rock anything nowadays? Who's political? The, you know, using um, examples like the Clash, for example, in that sort of Rolling Stone. Um, review as well now that that was part of their remit mm. as well let's say something let's make a difference mm. sex pistols maybe you could yeah. uh, argue along that sort of same line you know, it's all mm. very sort of culturally we're we're angry and we're going to tell you we're angry um are we losing a bit of that is there anyone doing that uh, and shikari do it they're a likelish band yeah they do it quite well <coughs> yeah that's true yeah good good call mm. that's a really good question you've posed there martin um commercially are they allowed to do it anymore, like bands well, or the label? Know, like yeah, they... if it's censored. You yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really good point. There's not those massive political messages that come out in, in, in music. I suppose grime music, rap music, there's more. Yeah. Yep. Dave, he yeah. obviously, he, he did he did some political messaging. But yeah, don't, you don't know if it's uh, censored now. Yeah, certainly with pop mm. commercial music or, and rock. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's, it's an interesting thing. It seemed, to, it seemed to have happened more back in the day. Yeah, maybe. Certainly, you know, you've, and you've given some good examples of people who are still doing it that I, you know, had, had not crossed my mind immediately. And you're and you're quite right within that sort of grime and um, those artists obviously are do have political messaging. Yeah. Um, within their their music and are trying to you know get change <laughs> to happen. Yeah. So maybe I was wrong to say it's not happening. But yeah, that sort of mainstream rock, I suppose. Who's in that yeah. arena that's doing it? Maybe. But I've avoided this album. Maybe avoided is a bit strong, but I certainly haven't sought it out. I knew Killing in the Name, but even having known that and really liked it, I'd, I've never really sought out any Rage Against the Machine. Again, probably for similar reasons as the uh, Grateful Dead that we talked about before. I thought I wasn't going to like it, but it isn't my scene. <laughs> uh, I'm not into sort yeah. of uh, heavy rock, mm. metal type stuff. And 
again, incorrectly, I think, kind of gone to this and gone, oh, fuck, this is good. Mm. I should listen to this before. Mm. Probably not going to hit my favourite albums of all time thing, but much, much better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Much more, uh, even like agreeing with you that it has sort of similarities, doesn't change that yeah. much. And yet I, I, every sort of track coming on was going, yeah, what a banger. Yeah. What a good track. Uh, and funnily enough, mentioning Led Zeppelin, is it Wake Up? That sounds like a nicked Led Zeppelin riff. Oh, is what, Cashmere? Yeah, it's Cashmere. Cashmere, yeah, it? basically, yeah. Um, so I thought, what track is it, yeah. Cashmere? I was like, and I, you know, people have done that before, but I'm not sure, or since. Mm. But that still, even then, it still felt fresh. Mm. It was like, oh, they've lift, lifted a riff from Cashmere, <laughs> mm. and I don't care because yeah. they've done something different yeah, with yeah. it. And great, that was one of my favourite tracks yeah. on the album. That's and the, the opening Matrix track. Um, That's, oh, such a hard riff, that one, Bob track. yeah. And so, like, just putting that on, even like I said, even to the point when I was putting, put, initially putting this album on, I was like, okay, this might be hard work for mm. me. And immediately, I had my mind changed. Mm. Immediately, it's like, no, it's a good <laughs> opener, cool. isn't it? Love the way it's been recorded. Love the way it's been produced. Love the fact yeah. that it is sort of not hard work, mm. even though it's got, you know, like I said, that sort of intense political messaging. It's, mm. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm having a work really hard to think about to appreciate what's going on um i think for its uniqueness it will it's kind of a bit of a contradiction well no it's not really but i'm saying that it sounds fairly similar tonally throughout yeah not samey but i think you you summed up perfectly martin not to the point of tedious it's just you know a lot of similarities on each track but it's so unique yeah. in terms of what it, in terms of genre, in terms of what if it was doing at that time. Yeah. Though you've yeah. come on to say the more artists did it, so I think that will uh, make it a classic for, for you yeah. know for, for 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 time to come. Yeah. I think um, if you're not into metal, like especially either when people first hear it for the first time, not that they're especially mentally, people do think it sounds all of it sounds very similar. And um, fine, yes. I can see, I can see how because the riffs are very much. It's, annoying, it's, a, it's annoying when someone says that. Isn't no, it? no, really no, know about no, 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 no. <laughs> it's all just screaming and heavy yeah. guitars. No, I think like, they are. I think so angry. It was more like I sat there here listening mm. to it. I felt the guitar was always panned to the left yeah. on a lot of the tracks. Which I think it's quite interesting, and actually, it, it yeah. was quite interesting. And then tonally, it was just quite similar. Maybe I didn't actually think about it, but maybe it was the tuning that was similar yeah. then. But I just felt like how many tunes were there that really, you know, did you were like, oh, that's completely different from the yeah. last one. Um, but they, no, did, yeah. they did like I think they found a formula that they works. found a formula that worked yeah, yeah 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 and like I say it's not a criticism mm. if anything like perhaps as we've questioned on this podcast mm. before that is the point of an album mm. you the whole one to twelve tracks or however many it is you're you know you want that to sit in a particular tone and vibe yeah. and then it moves a bit maybe on the next album you mm. know or, yeah. or whatever but, but it's interesting isn't it now we're at this point we've done an, albums that do both we've done albums that have different tracks within that within that album like different sounding tracks whether it be ballad mm. or or, mm. or slightly heavy or whatever it may be yeah uh, but then we've done albums like this which is th- 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 sort of quite similar throughout and I think all all three albums are very they don't change much they haven't gone and done like you usually get like a weird third album don't you <laughs> they've got three albums this is our acoustic they found their sound amazing and they then they um, Audio Slave which is the uh, the drummer bassist and guitarist yeah. Oh, yeah. with Chris Cornell yeah yeah quite similar sound and again without yep. the rapping and they did two albums of that so yeah just, but if it, if it was, they know what they need to do with each other really if it, it, ain't, yeah. if it ain't broke I did it really well and hugely successful yeah. as well so. and what was the other one that had Prophets of Rage which was was it Chuck D the rapper because Zach did a it again didn't want to do it 
Mm. So I had that as well. But they're finally back together. At last. <laughs> At last, finally. And you get to go and see them. Yes. I think you picked up when I was saying it about the, you know, the, the one guitar yeah. thing. Uh, I, uh, even then, and this is 1992, I mean, that's... That's Nirvana era, right? Mm. So this is kind of, I don't know that they were kind of in the same way that Nirvana were doing the sort of uh, anti-hair metal change in the scene then. But this definitely seems to have been a reaction that they're, they're specifically saying on their albums, we've, we've, there's no keyboards, no synths on this. And it's basically it's one guitar, bass, drums, vocals. Mm. That's, that's it. And it's a very deliberate, that's what we do. That's who we are. It's not going to get layered up. It's not going to have fair play, stuff. fair uh, play, and kept saying that. Uh, say that kind of specific. What was the what was the exact quote? I was looking for the exact quote. Uh, no samples, keyboards, or synthesizers used in the making of that record. <laughs> uh, you got to love that. I take and my they said that on every record, and you know that's like yeah, said, that's kind of admirable. Yeah, I, I don't mean that in the sense that no one should ever use. But what I mean, admirable in the sense that they said, this is what we do, and they stuck yeah. to it mm. and didn't get pushed into any sort of a low direction. Even to the extent, you know, Kurt Cobain quite often said he hated Nevermind because it was too polished. They double track that, quadruple track all the time. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, a, a massive, huge commercial success. But like I say, that's sort of, you can kind of go Rage Against the Machine, somehow manage to not go down that path where they it's still, com- I think, where they felt compromised yeah yeah definitely I don't think it sounds for like for tracking it live and doing like single takes I still think it sounds quite polished oh we're not it suggesting it's is, not polished not suggesting yeah. it's not good in any yeah. sense and, maybe, you know, there, there maybe, are other, there are other bands of similar yeah. nature that manage to do things with you know small acts didn't yeah. you think Martin amazing mix it's a great sounding record yeah it's a great sounding record yeah. I can't believe that's a single guitar it's huge mm. Mm. yeah I'd love to see them live. Mm. Well, yeah. Get me in. <laughs> to the vote. Yeah. Billy, do we even need to yeah. ask you? Five. I think this is going to get a ding, Five. ding, ding, isn't it? <laughs> it's got to be double digits, surely. Go on, you start then. Five. Oh, All day. Ooh, I'll give it more in. if I could. Martin, go on. Uh, at, at risk of, you know, it would either be this or it's, I can't do decimal points because I keep telling you you can't do decimal points. I'm going to go five. Wow. wow. I'm going to go five. Remind me of the tagline for five. Five. Uh, The best album ever. Definitely recommend to others. I think it's it's just like, you know, if there's a, if if, if we, if if it's like a five, honestly, to God, we've done 24 albums on this. If there's one so far that I'm saying, do you know what? This is a five star album. Even if I was to say, this isn't my particular favorite thing of all time or maybe not even on my top 100 list that's not what I'm getting at. I'm going do you know what this is a fucking great album I can understand why you guys both have got there yeah and certainly for the uniqueness and because I think when we're reviewing this it's not based on personal preference I think it's really what Martin just said it's based on sort of like appreciating what it is and yeah. where it was at that time so I'm going to give it a four mm. because I just have some albums in my head that we'll be better, yeah. I just think ha- that, 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 that for f- you know, yeah. If you and give four, that a four, five, and four is four is you know, not indispensable. It's basically a, a five, yeah. but yeah, it's not. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> if you're not, that's definitely the highest album on the list so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's the highest album so far. I would definitely so. You know, if there was a four and a half, I might have gone four and a half. But I'm going to go. Do you know what? No, this is a this okay. is a five. This is a core. Fourteen of an album. out of fifteen is not bad, is it? That must be a record. Yeah. 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 There we go. We've we've we have finally agreed that Rage Against the Machine is a record. <laughs> oh, the best band of all time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I enjoy, I I enjoyed it so much much more than I um expected to. And what a delight Excellent. to be able to say that. Yeah. And that's one of the joys of doing this thing. Just on a segue point, I uh, my brother-in-law bought me three uh, vinyls on the oh, weekend. Nice. Surprised nice. me. Uh, all Michael Jackson albums. Nice. So bought me Off the Wall, Bad and Thriller. Sick. And, you know, obviously we were very in sort of album headspace uh, because we listen throughout the week and then we do this. And you know what? These albums have been good, but then I turned, I turned over Thriller and just looked at the track listing and just to remind myself, it literally goes from four to seven, goes through Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean and Human Nature, just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> I'm like, surely, <laughs> like this, that is the biggest, al- and, and that's yeah. not even including Want to Be Starting Something or PYT, which is also on that album. But Jeez. I was just like, that is ridiculous. And I, I, it's I, the best album of all time, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I was just like, that is just... Is it his best album? Hit, 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 hit. I was like, we haven't had that yet. Mm. We haven't had that yet. Oh, where Chuck, the Chuck Berry album was hit, hit, hit. Shit, shit, shit. So, um, so I don't know. I'm not going to say, you know, Michael Jackson's in his completely own lane. But in terms of, if we look at this from a commercial success standpoint, I was just, it took me, it's because of doing this podcast, it took me aback just to think, oh my God, that is just like pure hits on yeah. that album. Yeah. Which is just, and I wouldn't say we've quite, come across that yet haven't no. we it's almost every track was released as a single is that not pretty true? much Baby Be Mine I think is on there as well Yeah, but we could say the same about Bad and Off The Wall not to so much except Off The Wall is actually my favourite but my point that I'm yeah, making that's what I'm saying Thriller a massive success I'm not sure it's his best album no I think I prefer Off The Wall but what I'm saying is that have we would you say we've come across that yet in terms of where we've actually been I think like, this I th- no this is close for me because they're all like classic rock hits on there even like this Within how like, many were there? That was good. How many actually were big seen, hits from that? Uh, bomb track was uh, music videos. It was bomb track. Uh, Killing the name. Wake. I don't know if wake up had a video. I don't know. It's a very good point actually. But even like the album tracks are known to be classic like rock tracks. I'm not sure what were singles though. I was even so, it's six hundred thousand copies in the UK. Uh, Rage Against the Mission mm. debut album. I was surprised it was that big. Peaked at number seventeen. Um, so not sort of a big hit at the time, but it's obviously been a consistent seller. Yeah. We will get to Michael Jackson no, eventually. No, no, that's not, that's not what I want. Sorry, no, that you want to be. It's not the Michael Jackson I podcast. Big, I, want, I, want, I want a big. I, That'd be I, interesting. I want an album. Yeah. I want a big album. With, I want an album where. Sorry, these albums are great yeah. for what they are, but I don't think we've. Marvin Gaye was number one, and I had yeah. this debate with my friend who's a massive Marvin Gaye fan. I said, yeah. I love Marvin Gaye too. Wasn't that many hits on that album? Yeah. Like when I turned that the back of that MJ sleeve over, I was just like. Yeah. Oh my days! Like that is just hit, 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 like yeah. ridiculous. That's got, that's yeah. got to be so rare. Though, but we'll definitely it? get, get. We will obviously get, get to having that discussion. And I guess my, my quick answer or response to that is that what people were doing with music, not in the way that they're writing it, but the way it's being sold and marketed in 1971, is very different to how it was being sold and marketed very good in point. 1983. Very good point. And that just to kind of put a seal on it, I suppose that Thriller album was deliberately written to be that. What, to commercially be a massive yeah, commercial yeah. hit because yeah. Michael Jackson was absolutely furious that he didn't get any Grammys for Off the Wall. 
And he basically went, screw that. I'm going to write our album that's going to win all the Grammys. And also technology. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're right. It's actually unfair to artists like we talk in the 60s because technology was all geared around to that moment where my I think I mentioned this on Fourth Pod, but my mum spoke of like, everyone was like, oh my God, the Thriller music video is coming out. And everyone yeah. went home and cuddled yeah. around one TV, knocking it to get it to work. Yeah. And that was it. And that was, the, you got the, the video once. That was So technology had just come out to push that in a direction which they weren't privy to sort of 50s, 60s, so 70s, because that was sort of must have been 80s Thriller, yes. Yeah. So he was lucky. It all kind of, and like you said, the thing that he went through with, with Off the, the Wall. The early days of um, MTV, it's like, say, video, right. video is basically a new format. So, yeah. Uh, uh, thriller, the track was, what was it, a 15 minute video that was yeah. directed by John Landis, who'd just come off the back of An American Werewolf in London. It had, you know, special effects, prosthetics, everything in it that was it. kind of deliberately thrown everything at it. So I think it was the most expensive video ever made. Because now, because this is an interesting thing. Sorry, I know we'll we wrap it. But now it's quite interesting because you look at the current state of the music industry. And I don't know if there will ever be, because technology has evolved so much and so many songs are streamed online, we won't get those massive one single hits that, is huge, you know, because mm. technology has almost got too good. Mm. So he he really hit the golden era. Mm. That era was when music was uh, not that much music was being made. So when it was, everyone wanted to know yeah. about it. Mm. And then techn technology had just opened up in terms of TV, music videos, and things where yeah. it was so fresh and new. So so yeah. that was the golden era, I suppose, for making albums. It was not him specifically. It's more like, have we had that album where it's just like. Huge commercial success, yeah. huge yeah. commercial. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have yet. Not yet. I would have been if we got it now on the list. Go on, give us. A oh number. my god! <laughs> right. I'm not yeah. on the top again. So I having said all that, what are the chances now of getting Thriller? That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Three. Two nine two. Two nine two. I reckon Martin knows where Thriller is. It yeah. must be top ten, so he knows already. <laughs> it's not a two hundred ninety-two. I think yeah. we. I think we all probably would have guessed that one. Um, well, it's another. It's another just to please Billy, it's another one that's named after the band. Yes, uh, I'm guessing it's their debut album. Uh, it is Van Halen by oh. Van Halen. Okay, big guitars. Yeah, I mean another 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 rock. Your family band, the self-titled. That's sort of, <laughs> too old to go too. The yeah, self-titled debut album by Van Halen, released uh, February tenth, nineteen seventy-eight, peaked at number nineteen on the Billboard chart and has sold more than ten million copies in the United States. Great for me. Having said everything that I said earlier on, it's hard rock, heavy metal, glam metal. Fuck. Just <laughs> <laughs> get that one. Next one. Uh, yeah, we will. We will definitely need a second uh, album for next. One eight three. And that could be quite good. Mm. That could be quite good. Top two hundred. Probably <laughs> falling away. Might have been in the top fifty. Slowly falling out. Number one hundred and eighty three is D'Angelo. Oh, oh, yes. Cool, yeah, and yeah. brown sugar. Oh, wicked. Miles is a happy yeah, bunny. Wicked. I think I've heard that one before. <laughs> is it his like, most famous one? Yeah. Amazing. That's that's the sultry sounds of the D'Angelo is an artist that I know. I know many people who really rate D'Angelo, and it's another artist that I oh, no, I've know. Oh, no, I've heard Voodoo. I've heard brown bugger sugar. Bugger all about, really. Um, You're going to love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know in terms of, uh, certainly in terms of production styles, um, very influential, especially sort of now, I think. Exactly, yeah, massive. And sort of uh, offbeat drum hits and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, so, yeah, looking Beautiful forward to that. As, as a, a producer, yeah. I must admit, that's something I've not really sort of pushed myself into to 
get a little bit more knowledge of the D'Angelo style, but I know massively, influ- massively influential. Billy, you're going to love that. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. What's I've the heard, like... story with D'Angelo? Is he, did he die? No. No. Who am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of, uh, not D'Angelo, I'm thinking of his, um, uh, Jay Diller. Uh, He's definitely dead. Yeah. You, 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 you're so right what you said about the references. Referen- He's almost, so my friend got me into him massively but he's almost people seem to talk about him in sort of sessions and mm. studios now so much more like really? it's just coming back yeah. around that sort mm. of yeah the production style um oh i'm super he worked excited with Lauren Hill as well yeah. super excited what are we thinking of it oh so this is uh, yeah mid 90s again yeah super uh, excited 94 95 debut album again uh, I think we've touched on that before about the number of albums that are on this list that are debut albums. <laughs> it's like, is your first album always your best? Or in Lauren Hill's case, your only mm. uh, album. Kind God, of. when we finish this process, we'll have, we could do so many bonus episodes based on questions like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll literally be like <laughs> genius be. knowledge about albums. <laughs> we'll, and we'll be like, right, 77% of all reviewed. Their first was their best. So we can make some amazing conclusions. We could all get like university degrees from this. Yeah. So another uh, couple of American artists, quite different. Yeah, massively different. 15 fair. years apart-ish, something like that. Something like that, yeah, about 15 years apart. Good, look forward to it. Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure, Cheers, as Martin. always. Uh, can't persuade you to listen to The Grateful Dead again, then. Interested to, well, <laughs> we're going to get the other album, and maybe interested yeah. to hear their stuff before, to be like, well, what were they thinking? I feel like I've got to kind of uh, throw myself in a little bit and go, was I right? Is there stuff out there that is exactly what I thought Grateful Dead was? Because yeah. this wasn't. So yeah. now I kind of go and listen to something else and go, oh, that's why I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was right. This is terrible. <laughs> Very interesting to find out. But again, that's the joy. It's been a pleasure, boys. See you next Thank time you on the Apollo Audio Podcast. Thanks for being with us. Do leave a, a message or a comment or anything like that if you're interested to do so. Um, and do even if you're not interested, I don't care. Just send a message. I'm lonely. Um, and uh, subscri- <laughs> subscribe and uh, leave us a rating or, you know, all that stuff. You've heard people say this on other podcasts. You don't need me to tell you. Do I need to tell you what to do? Come on, press the button, subscribe, comment, send us a thing. And we'll be back next week with more um, of this nonsense. Will you forgive me?